This is a, a song from the Beatles' Abbey Road album. The cover of Abbey Road contained clues that Paul McCartney was dead. On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar on this day in 1969, Life magazine found Paul McCartney on his farm in Scotland. And this was the day in 1969 it was discovered that Paul McCartney was not dead. But the rumors, the fake news, the urban legend started in 1966. We're going to talk about that this hour. I'm Scoot on the Air. Glad you are with us. Let's uh, let's get the results of the Tuesday text off. It was a, a three-way today, uh, Menage a Trois. We do this a once in a while. Nice. The song was I Think We're Alone Now, and the song is on the Scoot on the Air rock culture calendar because on this day in 1987, at the age of 16, Tiffany had the number one song in the country, I Think We're Alone Now. I remember interviewing Tiffany, and she said some of her fans would come up to her and say, so when you wrote the song, I think we're alone now. No, Tiffany didn't write the song. It was, a whole generation thought that was a, a Tiffany original. It was originally done in 1967 by Tommy James and the Shondells. In fact, Tommy James vocaled the, uh, the vocals for the song on Christmas Eve of 1966, and it was released in, in 1967. So um, here is, um, well, song A... And song C, we're not the winners. Song A is the original, a recording of it, done by Tommy James and the Shondells. So here's song A. All right, so that was not the winner. And um, I really love this this other version. It's by Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. And he did an album titled No Fun Mondays in 2020. And this was, uh, Billy Joe Armstrong did a lot of covers. And this is one of the covers he did. This is song C. It also did not win. And, and look, if you if you like good covers, um, Billy Joe Armstrong really did a great job with a number of really um, hot covers, including I Think We're Alone Now. It's on the album No Fun Mondays. So if you haven't checked that out, um, uh, check it out. It's really, really cool. So the winner was Tiffany from 1967 on this day in 19... I'm sorry. On this day in 1987, Tiffany had the number one song in the country. Song B was the big winner today. Anyway, thanks for uh, participating. Do we have good response to it? Uh, yeah, pretty time? good response yeah. today. I mean, good. Tiffany really trounced the other two. Yeah. And I got to say, uh, gentle listener, you know, I love you. I got great respect for you. I'm, fr- I'm, I'm trying not to take it personally that so few people voted for Billy Joe Armstrong of Green Day. But, you know, I yeah. get it. I know Egan's a big Green Day. Fan. We're all here to do. What we're all here to do. I understand. I, and I, I, I like Green Day a lot. I, I really like uh, his covers on the uh, No Fun Mondays album. You know, let me just tug in a quick Billy Joe plug, real quick. Go ahead. When he came out of rehab, you remember he had that incident in Las Vegas where he flipped out and yes. smashed his guitar, and they had to cancel that tour. He went into rehab, and after he came out, he recorded an album with Nora Jones. You remember her? Yes. And they recorded an album of really haunting beautiful mostly acoustic like folk western songs some classics some some ones that you know you may have uh, you may have known all your life you know some other mid-century you know classic country western stuff and it sounds great they sound really good together and it's a beautiful album it's called foreverly Foreverly, okay. with L-Y on the end, by Billy Joe Armstrong and Nora Jones. Go check it out. So, uh, Nora Jones, if I'm not mistaken, Nora Jones is the daughter of Ravi Shankar. I think was, that's right, who yeah. Was, uh, who was so instrumental in bringing the sitar, the mm-hmm. um, sitar, right? Sitar, yes. The correct. sitar, and, and this... Um, Indian influence into to Beatles music when uh, George Harrison, I think, was the first one to really um, discover transcendental medita- meditation, and they, they all went to India, 
and uh, Ravi Shankar was uh, was a part of the Beatles sound. But I, you know, I do want to get to this uh, conversation about uh, Paul McCartney being dead because this is the day in 1969 that Life magazine uh, discovered that he was uh, alive. Also, this hour we're going to try to answer the question: Which is better for you, spinach or kale? Now they're both good for you, but which is better for you? We're going to answer that question today. Uh, let's go to David in Atlanta. David, you're on WWL. Thank you, Scoot. I'd like to nominate a person who would no doubt go into the Christian Hypocrite Hall of Fame on the first vote, and I can document everything just about what I'm going to say with facts. It's Aaron Broussard. I'd love to tell this saga. You know, Aaron Broussard taught Sunday school. He's taught Bible study. He taught a course in good government. And I've written and published articles on a few things about Aaron Broussard. I had dinner with him one time. Him and my, the, the, also the, the other fellow, Nick Baroni, the former president of the Kenner Council, who went to jail, and my second cousin is Keith Baroni. They both went to jail, a total of 26 plea bargain felonies for mail fraud, defrauding the United States Navy when men and women were dying in overseas combat in the military. Well, I had dinner with them. They, Nick Baroni and Aaron Broussard recently returned from Magigoria, where they went to pray to the Blessed Mother. Nick, my cousin, handed me rosary beads, the same Nick Baroni who defrauded the Navy and was the president of the Kenner Council. And I've written columns regarding Aaron Broussard. He was removing people from Meals on Wheels, elderly and disabled people, because Jefferson Parish couldn't afford the matching funds to receive the federal grant. David, I don't want to go into all the details of that. I mean, it's, it's fine if you want to nominate them as, a, as a Christian hypocrites. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I was just, of all the people that have fallen from grace, Aaron Broussard was the biggest surprise for me. But I understand that he's, he's found himself and he's um, admitted his sins and he's, uh, he's, he's helping other people. But I don't want to go through all the, the details of the, of the indictment. You, you, you're bringing up the point that he's a, a political hypocrite. And, and, and that's okay. Well, thank you, Scoot. All right, David, I appreciate the call. Let's go to uh, Slidell Murphy here on WWL. What's going on, Scoot? The show. We're doing the show. Good show, my friend. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I don't know how else to answer you know, that I'm question. Tell you, I haven't called you in a long time. Okay. And I don't agree with you most of the time. Okay. But the one thing I do have to agree with you on is... Weren't we, even though we were born under Judeo-Christian values, what happened to freedom of the religion? That was what our country was uh, founded on. Exactly. Everybody can, you know, yeah, worship like they want. Yeah, superseding, superseding the Christians that were part of founding America was the concept of freedom of religion, period. I mean, they were escaping persecution from the Church of England. And they were all about freedom of religion. They just happened to be Christians. But they were not about promoting Christianity as much as they were about promoting a country where you were free to uh, follow any religious beliefs you want to or no religious beliefs. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing about it is, is this, all right? I'm born and raised a Catholic. We were always raised that Catholic was the one true religion. Right. Well, hey, guess what? Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. But everyone has the freedom to worship as they want to. Yeah, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have anybody else's religion or beliefs shoved down my throat. It's not gonna happen. Murphy, I I, I love you for having this 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 attitude. It's um, I, I think it's I think you're right, and I'm, I'm glad that on this particular point we uh, we, we agree. 
Okay, let me tell you, stranger things have happened. <laughs> All right, Murphy, I appreciate the call. Let's go to Ian with some of your text messages. Okay, we're going to tie off some of these before we get into the Beatles stuff. Um, we got a text here that says, oh, where'd it go? <clears throat> Christian. Oh, so this is about the Mike Johnson and the anti-porn, whatever the porn accountability pact a, he made with his adopted anti-porn son. Anti-porn app that he shares with his son, and they can watch each other if they're watching porn. I, I don't understand why they would do this, but they, they, they do it. Well, that's how it is in their family. Here's yep. a text that says, Christian or otherwise, the truth is, is that children through their own development will be curious about their own developing sexuality. This being said, it is expected to have to check up on preteens and teens to see what they are exposing themselves to. As a parent, I would be negligent to not check up on them. This is twofold. And the first is to make them understand that it is disrespectful to themselves. And secondly, that it is unrealistic to expect that in real life and to respect their future relationships better than that. Well, I think that's a good point. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for kind of monitoring your, your, your children. But, uh, you know, we didn't have porn when I, was, uh, when I was young and coming of age, but we had magazines. And, you know, the, most of the girls uh, didn't really live up to the expectations of what we saw in, in the magazines. I never found a girl with a staple in her navel. Um, but... Um, you know, they had really unrealistic. Wait. Well, you know, the fold-outs. They had staples. Okay, you know, I didn't like know a, what the hell you like were talking staple. about. I was like, like what the, are you the, looking at? Where's the staple, honey? Bizarre. I don't know. Not that I really ever got that far, <clears> but I well. didn't think that there was one there. Anyway, so um, I, I understand. I understand the point. But, you know, again, I, I just I, I find this thing a little creepy that you I, – I, look, but I understand the point that you have to, to, to watch your kids. But, but you know – but if you're really a true Christian, you're not going to do these things, right? Isn't that isn't that true? I mean, I think there are a lot of good Christians who, um, as adults, are into porn. And I mean, as kids, they were maybe they found. Look, kids are going to find porn. I mean, I, I I'm sorry that that's the reality of the world, mm-hmm. but it is. Um, and and I also see a lot of young people being more responsible with their sexuality than I think many people in my generation were when we were young. And I don't know whether that's because of exposure to, um, to, to porn or not. I, I wouldn't recommend exposure to porn uh, for kids. But um, there are a lot of really responsible young people who have been exposed to porn. Well, that is very gracious of you to suggest that the reason that Gen Z isn't having sex is because they're responsible. My fear is that they're not having it because they don't know how to connect with each other anymore because they're just on their phones all the time and they have no life outside of their digital you know, avatar and their interpersonal emotional intelligence is short of where it should be. That's my or, fear. Or could it, I, that's an interesting so, thing. Maybe it's more advanced. Or, or, could, or could it be that, that the, the, the porn satisfies them to where they don't have to do anything else? Also disturbing, frankly. You it know. is disturbing. It is. Uh, here's a text that says, a good Christian wouldn't look at porn? I would hope not, but I would hope also that a good Christian wouldn't sin. Unfortunately, I am a flawed Christian, and I might need someone to hold me accountable. Well, we all are, um, but I'm not going to be sharing any anti-porn app with you. Yeah, you better. I hope. I hope that you find someone to share yes. that app with you. Go Texter. ahead, have fun, and I'll leave you with this one. I'm just glad my mom and dad got drunk and had me because I love life. People need to lighten the f up and drink an ice cold beer. Love it, <laughs> love it. Word. The result of drunk parents.
I'm Scoot. If you want to join us with a comment, the Okanard Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. All right, so the Magical Mystery Tour album kind of kind of came into play when um, th- the rumors were going on, uh, going around that, that Paul was dead. It, it started in 1966, and we'll talk a little bit about this when we, when we come back. But baby boomers will remember this, and, uh, you know, for, for the Zoomers and Millennials and the Xers, uh, I want you to, you know, kind of pay attention to this in incredible false um, story that baby boomers believed. I mean, they were convinced that, I mean, I was. There were clues that we listened to on the radio every night. There was a new clue that Paul was dead. On this day in 1969, Life magazine found live Paul McCartney with his family and Linda's wife at their Scotland farm, showing that, um, proving that Paul McCartney was not dead. So we'll uh, talk more about that when we come back. Also, which is better for you, spinach or kale? I'm Scoot, and we'll be back on WWL. And here was the clue. I don't know why the lyrics seem to be a little faded there, but the, the, the lyrics are he, he blew his mind out in a car. He had noticed that the light had changed. Um, the theory goes that on November 9th, 1966, Paul McCartney was killed in a car crash on his way home from working on the Sgt. Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band album. Now, Paul was theoretically replaced by a Paul McCartney lookalike contest winner, William Campbell, Billy Shears. And so the Beatles kind of kept this uh, going for a while. But, you know, the, the, the truth ultimately came out on this day in 1969 when Life magazine found a live Paul McCartney at his farm in Scotland. But for, for, for a few years, we didn't know whether Paul was alive or dead. And there were these clues that he was, he was dead. Now, Paul was involved in some, some car accidents, too about this time in 1966, but it was confirmed later that he was fine and witnesses uh, confirmed that he was not, he was not killed. John Lennon became particularly um, upset when people just were uh, reading too much into the lyrical meanings of Beatles songs. And in response, he wrote Glass Onions in 1968 to purposely confuse people. Paul is dead. And the lyrics are, we'll have another clue for y'all. The walrus was Paul. Now, the walrus was associated with death. This is what we were all told. And again, I remember as a teenager sitting around my radio at, at night listening for the latest clue to come out. And this was a, just a, a really um, well-believed and well-worked-out um, uh, urban legend and, and, uh, and theory that Paul was dead. And there was a lot of belief that he, he was. Now, on the Magical Mystery Tour album, there's artwork. And the Beatles are in costumes. They're, they're dressed as animals. Three of them wore white fur, and they were all together. But there was one, dressed as a walrus, who was separate from the others, and dressed in black. And that's associated with death and mourning. So the idea was that that Paul was the walrus and Paul was was dead. Uh, The conspiracy um, went to the the cover of, um, of Abbey Road, the album cover, where Paul is pictured walking barefoot and out of step with the Beatles. And you can look at this on the, the, the Abbey Road album cover. In some cultures, the dead are buried without their shoes on. And I'm getting a lot of great information from the website BeatlesStory.com. And you can check this out as well, BeatlesStory.com. Now, George, okay, well, John is in white. And white was also a color of mourning in Eastern religions. George was in denim wearing jeans, and that was representative that he was the grave digger. And Ringo's black suit was traditional funeral wear. 
So it was really interesting that when you when you looked at this, you you saw clues that Paul was dead, and I, I I don't remember specifically, but there was a license plate. Oh yeah, I, no, no, I don't have it in, in in front of me. There was a license plate. Let me see what the the license plate. Is. I'm going to pull this up right now. There's a license plate on a Volkswagen that's in the scene of. Um, hang on. On the on the cover. On the cover of Abbey Road, there was. Um, there was a license plate. Let's see if I can find this. A license plate. I thought I had this. Um, I thought I had I, this. I this, think um, I got it. Okay, the license plate on the Volkswagen. Uh, I don't have a good enough picture here. I got you. Yeah, it's a thing. You can buy this. You can buy one of these license plates on eBay or something. Okay, and what so is it? What does it read? It says L M W two eight one F. One F. One F, as in Frank. One F. One F. L M W. You know, I think that had something to do with Paul McCartney's age, 28. I, 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 you know what? I, I, I don't know why I'm a little vague on that, but I, I am a little, a little vague on that. Um, there was another example um, where John Lennon can be heard saying, I buried Paul in the final, the final end of Strawberry Fields Forever. You know what John is actually saying? Cranberry sauce. He was just kind of joking around, saying cranberry sauce, but 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 we interpreted that. We were told that that he was actually saying, "I buried Paul." So that was another clue. And then the song um, "Revolution Number no. 9, If you played the song backwards, it allegedly said, "Turn me on, dead man." But come on, you play a record backwards, like on a turntable, and you 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 walk it backwards, you roll. Spin it backwards. I mean, you could say it said anything. I mean, so well, this is what it says, and you go, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear that," because I swear I heard "Turn Me On, Dead Man" when I did that, and when I heard other people, you know, do it as well. So it was really an interesting thing that went on for um, really for a long time, and and you know, this was was fake news. This was a, an urban legend that really uh, went on for, for quite some time. But there, there was also a clue about the, the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And Paul uh, was not as tall as he was supposed to be in, in real life compared to the other Beatles. And I don't know. Do, do you remember some of the clues that maybe I have um, I've forgotten? If you want to uh, join us, the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talk and Text Line is 504-260-1870. Um, Ian, get, I'm sure we're going to get some text about the, the license plate, because I, I, I think it's a little more simple than than we explained. Okay, so he, oh, right at the top of the pile, Scoot, the license plate supposedly stands for Linda McCartney. Linda McCartney Weeks, and the number is Paul's age. Oh, uh, here's another says uh, McCartney would be 28 if living because people thought that it okay. was 28 if if you have a close look it's 28 one f but people suggested that it was if if that it was if and then they would I, McCartney I, would have been 28 okay. if he was living interesting I mean the clues were I mean I was a teenager and and the clues were believable enough for me to to buy into this and I really did not know if Paul was uh, was was dead or alive because it it seemed rather rather convincing but what a great great hoax that was and it just it captured uh, an entire young generation that was into the Beatles at the at the time 
If you want to join us, the Okinawa Jewelers Talk and Text Line, 504-260-1870. All right, um, let's see. Let's go to uh, Mandeville and Ricky. You're on WWL. Hey, Ricky. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Good, good. I, I just want to follow up on the Christianity thing. Okay. I'm, I was, I'm a former Catholic. I'm a non-denominational Christ follower. Okay. I believe that religion is organized by man. I believe that Jesus Christ, here, here's my thing. If God was great enough to be able to create, create this world and everything in it, it, wouldn't he be smart enough to leave us some instructions on how to live? And that's where the Bible comes in. Right. Anybody that created anything has instructions on how to use it, its purpose, its function, and so on and so forth. And I believe God inspired these men to write this Bible so that people would have a manuscript to follow how to li- how God expects us to live life. Now, I go back to saying religion is organized. I believe Jesus Christ was nothing about religion. He was about relationship. He, he didn't care if he was Methodist, Baptist, whatever. He just wants a relationship with us. Does it bother? Does it... The ten command- Let me finish. He gave us the Ten Commandments to prove to us that we needed him because there's not one person on this earth that can follow the Ten Commandments, all of them. You might be able to follow nine of them, but you're not going to follow the one that says you must not lust or yeah. uh, desire anything anybody else has. Right. So the commandments were there to prove that we couldn't live on our own, that we needed to be dependent on God. And God is the creator. And if he created, I'm sure he was smart enough to leave us instructions on how to live the life he wanted us to live, because our life here is only temporary. Okay. Does, it, does, it, does, it bother you, does it bother you, Ricky, that there are some people that, that, that might want to use Christianity to guide our country? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Right, I mean, I mean, about, a specific form of Christianity to divide, to to to. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, I'm not going to judge anybody and tell anybody what to do, but those people get voted in. Here's here's something else I believe. I believe that God orchestrates life, and I believe that the people that are in there are the people that God wants in there, for whatever reason. Because yeah. I don't know what's around the other side of the mountain. I only see what I see on this side. God, God created everything, and He knows what the end result is. Or she? What's going to lead to what? We don't know. Might be a she. All right, uh, Ricky. I look. I, I enjoyed our, our conversation. I remember reading, and I don't know whether this is exact or not, but it's something to ponder. The earliest the Bible was written, following the death of Christ, was about seventy-five years. A lot can happen in 75 years. Like Christ dies, and 75 years later, they start to write the Bible. Now, that's in, in those days, that might have been a couple of generations. And a lot can happen. And, and a lot can be um, exaggerated. A lot can be made up. I mean, there's a lot of great stories in the, in the Bible that just don't seem to be scientifically possible, but they're great stories. And so the Bible is a great guide for a lot of people. All right, we're going to come back with uh, more of your comments. So as we continue to talk about the uh, Paul is dead rumor, um, listen to the very end of Strawberry Fields Forever. This is where this is where we're supposed to hear Paul is dead. Oh, yeah, no, no, I buried Paul. This, this is where John Lennon is supposed to say, I buried Paul. 
So listen very carefully and see if you hear. It's going to be kind of a whisper, so we're going to crank it up. Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Pool. There, I'll do it again. He's actually saying cranberry sauce. And it was just a Come humorous on. thing. For, it was a humor. I'm serious. It was a humorous thing for for John Lennon to do. Just he Those did weird beetles. Yeah, exactly. I'm Scoot. We'll be back on WWL. On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, a major event took place on this day in 1967 when it comes to radio. KSHE, KSHE, 94.7 FM in Cincinnati. I'm sorry, in St. Louis. They changed their format from easy listening to rock. And the first song they played was White Rabbit. And this helped spread the, uh, the whole sound of the, the counterculture, the, the underground music of uh, the, the baby boomer generation. It uh, spread it uh, all through the Midwest. But uh, KC became uh, a major force in that whole counterculture movement, and they started with this song on this day in 1967. I'm Scoot. Let's go to uh, Dave and Ponchatoula. Hey, Dave, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Scoot. I, uh, I remember the events of the Paul is Dead thing. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe what he's saying is I'm very bored instead of cranberry sauce. There have been a number. But one of the things that I think is left out is just a year or two before, in an interview, allegedly John Lennon said something like, gee, you think would be greater than God. And even in New Orleans, there were mass Beatles album burns. And, uh, I mean, John Lennon ate a little bit of crow that day. And this particular thing just spiked interest in the Beatles. I mean, the whole neighborhood was gathered around the only person with an FM radio to hear every little detail. That's right. Yeah. Backwards. No, you're right. Dave, I'm glad you called. I'm kind of running out of time, but yeah, I'll touch on that just very, very quickly. Um, John Lennon said something to the effect of the Beatles, we're bigger than Jesus Christ. And people thought that he was bragging about how we're better and bigger than Jesus Christ. John Lennon was essentially saying, isn't it sad that we're bigger than Jesus Christ? It was totally taken out of context and totally, totally, totally mis- misunderstood. Dave, I'm, I'm glad you called. Um but yeah, uh, there was a, a lot going on there. Hey, I got to get this in very quickly. Which is better for you, spinach or kale? Um, first of all, um, kale. F- f- first of all, they're both really good. Um, kale is a good source for fiber, vitamins A, C, K, and calcium. Rival spinach is a good source for iron, potassium, vitamins A, C, and K, and uh, magnesium. Kale is a fiber powerhouse. We know what that means. Um, but which is actually healthier for you? Well, according to, um, to experts, it's, um, it's about a tie. Oh, I, 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 wish, I, I really wish I had a conclusive answer for you, but I've, I've, gone, I've gone through this, and, and I wanted to go through this um, you know, live on the air while I was doing the show because I didn't know what the answer was, and I thought it was cool not knowing the answer. But they're both really, really good for you, and, and, and there's, there's really no way to pick one or the other, which is really sad. So if that's the case, man, I'm going with the spinach. I guess I'm going with the spinach, too, but I hope it means I never get to eat kale again. You know, if I'm on a desert island and I have to yeah. pick one, I'm, I'm going to be sad about it either way. But, yeah, well, of course, if it came down to just that. But, I, you know, I just I don't like kale. I, I know how great it is for you, but it's, it's happy. Uh, I'm happy to know that 
that uh, spinach is as good for you as, as kale. So it's too much work. The kale. I just want to reach into the bag of fresh spinach and yeah. just eat it like potato chips. There is no clear winner. Both spinach and kale are exceptionally healthy for you and offer unique advantages. So um, eat whichever one you like. I just want to put my head inside a bag of spinach and just eat it like a feed bag, like a horse. <laughs> On the Scoot on the Air Rock Culture calendar, on this day in 1996, on the Seinfeld episode, The Checks. This is where Elaine was frustrated with her new boyfriend's obsession with the Eagles, Desperado. <laughs> Remember that episode? <laughs> the, the guy, because when Desperado would come on and it would go, shh, because it reminded him of his last girlfriend. And the guy was, um, the guy was a representative. The guy worked for, uh, represented the, uh, the, the um, furniture maker, Carl Fardman. Yeah, Fardman. Fardman. And, um, yeah, Lane got upset. The actor, James Patrick Stewart, his dad was Chad Stewart of the 60s pop band Chad and Jeremy. And when I, I picture him now from that episode sitting in that convertible, I th- he looks like him. Wow. So just a little trivia that you picked up on the show today. I prefer which A woman myself. Which A <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play a Chad and Jeremy song uh, when we come back. But, uh, yeah, so that actor who played Elaine's boyfriend was um, the son of Chad Stewart. I'm Scoot, and we'll be back on WWL. Remember this song by uh, Chad and Jeremy back in the 60s? There was Peter and Gordon. They were a duet from the U.K., and then there was Chad and Jeremy here. All right, Sports Talk is coming up next with uh, Bobby, Mike, and Steve, and they're going to talk about the Saints. And Sean Kelly, the uh, the voice of the Gators, joins them at 520. Um, also, there seems to be some confusion about what John Lennon really says at the end of Strawberry Fields Forever. Uh, the point is he did not say, um, I buried Paul or uh, something like that. But it's just been interesting following that whole thing. I want to thank Diane Newman, Kevin Cassidy, Ian Hoke, Chris Miller, Dave Brandon. And as always, I thank you for being part of the show. I'm Scoot. Love you, New Orleans.